today's topic is kind of challenging for me right now because I noticed that a lot of you guys are struggling with you know the political topics of the day the news your social justice warriors are struggling with uh, various social justice issues with black people gay people straight people whatever the case may be and I understand that for some of you guys you know you're getting consumed with all this hoopla and um, I just want you guys to know something. It's hard to be a Christian. Some of you guys, when you got saved, I would assume that some of you were convinced to become a Christian. And some of you may have chosen to become a Christian. And some of you may have feel like you were called to become a Christian. And I want to address all the above. Because whether you were called to be a Christian, whether you chose to be a Christian, whether someone convinced you to become a Christian, being a Christian is a lifestyle by which we submit our very physical being and will, intellect and emotion to the obedience of the Word of God. And I want you guys to understand that this life that we live, in some aspect, you have to willfully choose to submit to the commandments and the writings of the Bible. And I say this because I think that some of you guys out there who are claiming to be Christians have failed to realize that you're not really a Christian until you recognize that you are a living sacrifice, if you will. You are being placed on an altar, live, a burning altar, stone, fire all around you, and God is placing you there to lay there, alive, where your body is in torment because it wants to get off the altar of sacrifice. It can't tolerate the pain. And many of you out there, you're not willing to, to lay down on the altar of sacrifice or self-sacrifice or dying to yourself. That's why many of you out there may be struggling with other Christians who are laying down on this altar of sacrifice. Especially those of you out there who want to claim to be a gay Christian for those of you out there who want to support transgender or gay ideology, those of you out there who are practicing polygamy, bigamy, whoring around, shacking up, drinking, lying, cussing, stealing, whatever the case may be. And I want to speak to 
the gay people out there for a minute, and all my gay supporters out there, all you guys who are all about that. I'm going to tell you as honestly, honestly as I can that there is no such thing as a gay Christian. There is no such thing as a black Christian. There is no such thing as a white Christian. There's no such thing as an American Christian. There's no such thing as a European Christian. We are Christians. When we become part of the kingdom of God, we lay down all of our personal identities and ideologies. And we accept that identity and ideology that Christ is giving us. So that means that if you're gay and you were born gay and you believe that you was born gay, well, the moment you opened your mouth and willfully, because when you confess Christ is your savior, whether you were chosen, convinced, or whatever the case may be, when you opened your mouth, that was an act of your will to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when you say that I believe Jesus Christ is Lord, that means that you are no longer in charge. That means that if you was born gay, Jesus Christ said you must be born again. So if you was born black, Jesus said you must be born again. If you was born white, Jesus said you must be born again. See, we gotta get to the point that when we start teaching people about Christianity, they understand the aspect of the fact that you must be born again and you must die to your identity. You must die to your desires. You must die to everything you believe that you are because the moment you accept Christ, everything that you are no longer exists. My black skin does not exist in the kingdom of God anymore. Yes, he made me black. But in his kingdom, this doesn't exist. Because in his kingdom, we all identify with who he says we are. And we are children of God. And then we behave according to what he says we are to do. Which is, we lay down adultery. Even though cheating on your wife might feel good. Let's, let's face it. Fornicating feels good. Whether you're having sex with a man or sex with a woman, sex feels good. And the Bible says we must lay it down. The Bible also says that whatever attractions and desires that we have, we must die to those things. Yes, those desires are real. You might be attracted to that man. You might be attracted to that woman. You might be attracted to whatever you're attracted to. But the reality of being a Christian is simply this. You can't be what you want to be and be a Christian. You have to be what Jesus told you to be. And that's the fact. You can't escape it. So for all you guys out there who want to call yourself a gay Christian or you want to support gay Christianity and you want people like me to accept that ideology, I just want you to know that as a Christian, you cannot. We cannot. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't love you. So let me set this record straight. All because I believe that a person who's following Christ cannot engage in the homosexual lifestyle or lying or cheating or stealing. That doesn't mean that I want to deny you of your freedom and right to do so. But if you're going to call yourself a Christian, that's what I have a problem with. So this is what I'm going to tell you. 
If you're not a Christian, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. I don't care because I can't expect a non-believing heathen to follow God's word. But if you're professing to be a Christian, then you're obligating yourself by the commandments of God himself that you will abide by the rules of the kingdom of God. Now, let me explain this to you. When you become a Christian, no matter what your sexual identity is and no matter who you are, you can't change the rules of the game that you didn't make. If you're playing baseball, can you change the rules of the game? No, you cannot. Three strikes, you're out. Four balls, you walk. You get hit, that's a foul. You get a first base. You can't change the rules of the game that you didn't make. And if you accepted the fact that, okay, I'm playing baseball and not football, that means you can't go out there and tackle somebody. And so with that being said, with that being said, I want you guys to understand something. Hold on for a second. Um, I'm going to do my do not disturb. If that works, <laughs> probably doesn't. So with that being said, let me get back to what I'm talking about. Just in case you guys are tuning in and know what I'm talking about, rewatch the video. But what I'm trying to say is this. You can't change the game if you didn't make it. And you can't change the game if you agreed to the rules of the game. And that's how it is with Christianity. You can't change the rules of Christianity. Jesus Christ established what a Christian walk should be. Jesus Christ established how Christians are supposed to behave. Jesus Christ established how we're supposed to walk, talk, think, and look. Jesus Christ established all of that. So we can't come in and jump on this bandwagon and say, well, because I'm gay, you know, I'm going to change the rules of the game and I'm going to call myself a gay Christian. Or because I'm sleeping around with someone else's wife, I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to change the rules of the game. You can't do that. When you follow Christ, you're making a decision when you open up your mouth to say, I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So you're going to abide by what he says. And Jesus was clear. You can't call him Lord, Lord and not do what he says. You have to abide by what he says. So, as we go throughout our day, I want you guys who are watching this video to stop arguing with people, stop bickering and fighting with people, stop trying to convince people. What I want you to do from this day on I just want you to just to share the truth with people. Just calmly talk with them, share the truth. And what is the truth? Because the problem that we're having with Christianity today is that everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own interpretation of the truth. And I want to tell you, there's only one truth. And that truth is what the Word of God says. You cannot change what it says. You have to obey what it says. And you have to teach what it says. And if you like it or not, 
it doesn't matter. You have to teach what it says, even if it goes against your theological background. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a time of persecution. And I cannot wait until that time of persecution comes. You want to know why? Because right now it's popular to even call yourself a Christian or be associated with a Christian. That's why we got people calling themselves gay Christians, transgender Christians, uh, black Christians, white Christians. Everybody's calling themselves or attaching themselves to the name Christian. But once that persecution starts, that's what I'm looking forward to. Because then it won't be popular to be a Christian. Then when you call yourself a Christian, you'll be persecuted for righteousness sake and you'll be hated. And the Bible says they'll chain you up. They'll even kill you for that name's sake. And that's the day that I actually long for. I can't wait for persecution to come to the church because then that'll weed out those of you who aren't really wanting to follow Christ in the first place. You're just tagging on a name because it's a cool thing to do. But there's going to come a time where it won't be cool no more. And we'll be hated. And we won't have anywhere to run. And people will want to kill us. That's where Christianity is going. And that's where we're headed real soon. And so I want to encourage you that as you're going out there today, talking with your liberal friends or talking with your conservative friends, you know, all you liberal Christians out there who want to hold on to liberal ideologies that are anti-biblical. Not all liberal ideologies are anti-biblical. You know, wanting to take care of people, having a good social system. Hey, that's biblical. Jesus said, take care of folk, feed the hungry, take care of the sick, you know, make sure the needy are well taken care of. The Bible never put, put limits or dictated who was deserving of the help. The Bible just said, help people. But see, we got conservatives who want to put on limitations and, and dictate who's worthy to receive our help. And the Bible never told us to do that. The Bible says if they have a need, you just shut up and help them. Well, they don't deserve it because they squandered their money on drugs or they, they're out there spending my money on, you know, steak and they don't deserve my help. If they are in need, whether you like it or not, I don't care what no pastor told you, Jesus said himself, if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. If they need clothes, give them your tunic. If they need a place to stay, help a brother or sister out. It didn't dictate whether you thought they were deserving. Well, I just don't think that I should do all that because, you know, they should just go out and get a job. Okay. Keep being that way. You're operating outside of what Jesus said do. He didn't tell you that you can only help those who got a job. He said help people. Now, for you people out there who are going to all these extremes, believing all these extreme things and extreme thoughts, whether you're a liberal or Democrat or Republican or conservative, wherever the case may be, Jesus Christ is not a part of that mess. And we got to stop allowing the devil or the devil system to divide God's kingdom. Because whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, if you're a Christian, you should rise above those titles. I don't care who you vote for. Vote for Trump. Vote for Biden. 
I don't care. What's going to play out at the end of all ages is there's going to come a persecution of the church. And we can try to vote in people that can delay that persecution all we want. But regardless of what's going to happen, it's going to happen because Jesus said so. And you can't stop it. And I'm not going to say not to vote, not to do what's right. But I want every one of you to vote your conscience. You know, there's dirt on both sides of the fence here. There's dirt on Trump's side. There's dirt on Biden's side. You know, I was talking to Pastor Gundy today. He's a very well-known Democrat and a Baptist minister. And I asked him flat out, why would a black Baptist minister vote for a Democratic ticket that supports abortion when 90% of the, well, 67% of the abortions are being conducted on black women? And our population is getting so low now, we're becoming politically irrelevant. And he said, let me ask you a rhetorical question. Why would I vote for a man that treats women bad, doesn't like black people? And he went on down the list and listened. Why would I vote for something like that? I said, well, you got a point. And he says, there's problems on both sides. And what we care about as ministers of the gospel, what we should care about is not necessarily uh, which ticket a person is going to vote. But first, we got to focus on that everyone has to have equal access to the voting booths. And I realized today that that's not the case in many parts of the nation. So we as ministers have to stand up and make sure that we hold the election officials accountable, that we all have equal access to vote. Real people, not your dog, not your dead grandmama, but real people have access to vote. And the other thing we need to do is once people are voted into office, it doesn't stop there. You know, uh, what happens, what tends to happen is this, especially with Democrats and liberals. What tends to happen with them, you'll vote and then you'll sit down and you won't do nothing for the next four years. What you should be doing is we have to remember to stay politically engaged to make sure that our people in power or your person in power is doing the things that you need them to do for the betterment of this nation. So I talked to that minister today and he told me about abortion. He had an interesting point of view about abortion. He said, Raph, I'm a Christian. I don't support abortion. I don't believe in abortion. I don't even preach abortion. I preach against it. But he says, how can I as a Christian tell a non-believer how to live their life? They're non-believers. They're going to do what they want to do. That's why they're non-believers. They're heathens. I said, you got a point. But on the counterpoint, we have the de-legislation of morality and the legislation of immorality. So we got this dichotomy going on. We got this issue where we're, we don't want to legislate morality, but we also can't afford to legislate immorality. But the question is, what is morality? Because if you're not a Christian, what is morality? A heathen, they're going to rob, steal, kill, fornicate, and do all kinds of stupid stuff. Because that's what heathens do. So you have to be wise when you're talking with people who are just not believers. And you got to explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. 
You know, you can't justify biblically voting for Trump. So don't try to. You can't justify biblically voting for Biden. So don't try to. But what you can do is biblically explain to people, regardless of who's in power, we have to we have to answer to a higher power. We have to answer to God himself. And we have to make sure that we live our lives each and every day in the obedience to the word of God and that we teach the word of God in its fullness without any political liberal slant. And we just teach it as it is because it breaks my heart. I'm going to close. It breaks my heart when I read young Christians post on Facebook that support ideologies that are blatantly anti-Christian. The Bible says, this is wrong. Do not do this. And they support it. And the only reason why they support it is because either they haven't been taught properly by the church or they're just willfully choosing to disobey the God that they serve. Either way it is, it's wrong. And I want you guys to understand, for those of you guys who are in that boat, who are voting and believing and, and pushing ideologies and, and things that are, are contrary to Christ, you have to, you have to remember that when you became a Christian, you chose to follow Jesus. You opened your mouth and confessed him as Lord. And I know that some of you guys struggle with the fact that if you speak against certain lifestyles or certain sins or certain behaviors or certain things, that it may appear to be that you hate these people. And I'm going to tell you something that God taught me many years ago in my 20s. The greatest act of love that another human being can show is correction. The best thing you can do to show that you love somebody is to teach them the truth and correct them in the error of their way. If they so choose to follow it, you save the soul. If they choose not to follow it, at least you did your part. And you can still love on them. How many gay people out there that you, y'all you, know who I am. I got you on my Facebook feed. Y'all know that I correct you guys all the time about your lifestyle. And I said what I needed to say to you. But am I still your friend? Have I not reached out to you? Have I not checked on your life and see how you're doing? Actually, if you need anything from me, I gave you my phone number. You guys can call me anytime you want. We can chit chat like nothing's ever happened. Once I did my job and just shared with you the truth, that's all the Bible asks me to do. I don't have to go out and do anything more. I ain't, I ain't got to pick it. Da, 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 da. I ain't got to do that. All we're called to do is just share the truth and then keep loving. Love through the sin. Only God can change a person. All we can do is teach. But the problem is, again, folks, I don't think that the church is teaching the truth anymore because we are afraid of offending people. And let me tell you something. I know a lot of you guys right now are probably going to stop supporting OMI International because of where I stand on this issue. And I'm going to encourage you. If that's what you feel you need to do, then so be it. But I want people to support this ministry 
that's going to help me keep teaching the truth. Because as long as you guys are giving your money to these pastors that aren't teaching the truth, then the situation is going to get worse and we're going to have more false believers. Because the Bible says they're all false believers. Those false believers are people that think they're saved, but they're not. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Lord, Lord, haven't done these things in your name? And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. So it's possible to be a false believer. And I think what's happening is that the church is creating a lot of false believers who are not even real believers. See, whether you believe in once saved, always saved or not, wherever your theological background is, the Bible says, make your election and calling sure. See, you can jump on the once saved, always saved bandwagon all you want, but the Bible is clear. Make your election and calling sure. That means that whether you was elected by God through you know, eternal security or whether you was called by God, whatever the case may be, the Bible touches on both theological views right there. He says, make it sure. How do you make it sure? That's an act of your will. That means that you need to check your life every day to make sure that you are living up to the expectations of what God has told us to do and, how, and what he's called us to do, what he's called us to do, told us to do, and called us to live. That's what God is requiring of us today. And so I'm encouraging you, those at the side of my voice, make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you're even following Christ, because maybe you're not. Maybe you're just holding on to the name because, you know, well, I said this prayer, so therefore I must be a Christian. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not really a Christian. Maybe you just said a prayer and you really had no idea that being a Christian meant that, oh, wow, I got to die to my flesh. I got to lay down my cross. I got to do this. I can't do this anymore. Oh, man, when I became a Christian and I found out that fornicating was a sin, I stopped. When I found that going to the club and drinking was a sin, I stopped. I couldn't get around it because I knew that whatever the Bible says is what it says and I have to abide by it. So those of you out there who are believers or calling yourselves believers and you want to believe in ideologies that are contrary to the scripture and you want to believe things that are contrary to the teachings of the word of God, check your salvation. You don't have to be a Christian. If you, if you want to believe those things, that's your prerogative. But you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to call yourself a Christian. You know, Why do you want to call yourself a, a something that disagrees with the core of who you are? If you really want to believe that people are born gay, people are born transgender, homosexuality is okay, going to get drunk is okay, you know, fornicating, cheating on your wife is okay. If you believe that the core of who you are, then why call yourself a Christian? Because being a Christian means that you think all those things are wrong. Because you willfully accept that this is what the kingdom of God says. And that's tough. And I feel your pain. And, and it troubles me. You know, that I have to come on Facebook and say this. Knowing that there's going to be... I used to be able to reach like a couple thousand people. But with the new changes on Facebook, I can only reach maybe 10 or 20 people now. So the only way other people are going to see this message is that if you share it, and once you share it, I guarantee you somebody's going to flag this video as hate speech, and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail again and a lot of death threats like I used to back in the early 2000s, 
and they're going to attack OMI and they're going to try to shut us down. They're going to cut off our financial support. And if you don't step up and support us even more now, you know, we may cease to exist because the enemy's not playing games. This, you notice it's been a long time since I've talked about homosexuality and all those types of sins on Facebook. I stopped doing it because people was attacking not only me, but the organization, you know, and which impacts all the Mayans, all the Wunan Indians, all the people, the indigenous people in Australia and, and, and Myanmar and Cyprus and them. It's impacting a lot of people. So I have to measure what I say. But when I see the hatred and the vitriol of the words being spewed out by people who are calling, calling themselves Christians, who are hating on other Christians who are just willfully submitting themselves to the word of God. Wow. It's troublesome. And I have to say something. And I don't want to say it, but I have to. And I'll close with this. If you're a gay person and you're calling yourself a Christian, either you stop it or you submit yourself to the word of God and you die to your flesh. That's the only option you have. I'm sorry, this just the truth. You can't do it. You can't be both. You just can't. And if you're a racist, same goes for you. You can't hate black people, hate interracial marriages, hate whatever race on the planet and call yourself a Christian. It's contrary to the word of God. Just stop calling yourself a Christian because you're not. Unless you're willing to die to it, you're not a Christian. You're not saved. You're going to hell, period. And I don't say that with joy. I say that with struggle because it's, it's the truth. So I don't know how much more plain and clear I can be. So if you guys respect what I have to say and you understand what I have to say, I'm going to encourage you to share this long video with a few other people, especially if they're struggling with homosexuality and they're calling themselves Christian or a liberal who's a conservative, who's a who's calling themselves a Christian or a racist person who's calling themselves a Christian. Show them this video. Maybe. God will anoint this video to maybe touch their lives in the right way. And maybe they'll come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. Or maybe they'll just hate me and send me hate mail. <laughs> but whatever they do is of no consequence because I have to teach the truth. And you're going to see more of these types of videos coming up because I'm obligated to tell you guys the truth no matter how uncomfortable it is for me. I don't like making enemies. I'm a very friendly person and I hate making enemies. And I've made a lot of enemies because <laughs> I speak this truth. And I know that I'm going to lose a lot of grants because a lot of the grant, grant agencies that give OMI money to run our programs are probably going to see this video and they're going to target us as a hate group now because I spoke this. And so if you guys don't go to OMIinternational.org and support us, there's a, there's a small chance that we will shut down operations globally because, you know, we use that money to help a lot of people, whether you're gay or straight. You know, Pastor Raphael help you. 
I don't care about you being gay. If you're hungry, God didn't say, oh, because you're gay, I can't give you clothes or food or, or help you out. No, the Bible never said that. <laughs> it said if you need help, help. It didn't say if you was black or my skin color or white or whatever. It said if a person needs help, you help them. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let you go. And let God be true and every man a liar. Peace.